The Money Show Ad Feature with Andy Rice. Andy Rice, uh, let's talk about people borrowing other people's creative. I mean, in some places, I mean, somebody less polite than me, than me might say it's plagiarism. Or is there a difference in the world of advertising between plagiarism and a little bit of artistic borrowing, Andy? Hello, Bruce. Um, well, there is a, a dividing line between the two, but it's a bit murky and it's it's not often uh, absolutely crystal clear which came first. Um, but I think what we're looking at now is a an advertisement, it's on television at the moment, that certainly appears to borrow another brand's creative. Whether they're doing it as a homage or whether they're doing it out of a lack of ideas, that's the decision that the viewer has to make. But the brand is Mochachos, Mexican fast food chain, um, and they have made a television commercial that very clearly echoes a famous campaign from many years ago for Castrol engine oil featuring the much-loved characters of Butt and Swart. And um, this, is a, this is a particular one from the series for Castrol, which has our heroes um, sitting in the, on, the, on the porch, sweating under the merciless sun. <laughs> um, uh, and we have exactly the same here with, with this one. Um, I won't go through the whole narrative of the commercial, but essentially the, everything is designed to echo the... Uh, the Castrol campaign. And, and for that reason alone, it is so close that I, I have to say this is not plagiarism. This is some kind of paying homage to a, a, a much celebrated campaign. But I have to ask myself, put that into one side, what is the relevance of blistering Kalahari heat to a chicken burger, which presumably is served hot anyway? And um, what, is the, what is the relevance of the, of the category, um, and the whole campaign? To the category so um i just think it's, it's irrelevant it's very strange and it might end up with some accusations of plagiarism following along the way uh, from what i found curious was the use and i've been on a bit of a, a bender on this one in the last couple of weeks about iconography and the sorts of symbols um food companies are using and i picked up on spur and i chatted to the spur chief executive uh last week about their use of native american symbols and emblems and using indigenous americans in spur um something that started in 1986 and i see mochachos has also got very similar again iconography the uh using you know, again native american um imagery to promote its its fast food. Yes, I suppose you would say that the principal difference was in um, latitude, uh, with the muchachos probably coming from uh, further south than than Spur in terms of the associations they're trying to create. Um, I think what is important, and the Spur case uh, makes it crystal clear, is the fact that it's not the actual graphics of the iconography; it's what they stand for. And if if that relationship between um, a, a creative device and what it is evoking turns sour, then a, a brand should abandon it as quickly as possible. So if we take the Spur situation, it's not saying um, people with a, with a taste for cowboys and Indians will be um, particularly welcomed. What it is saying um, uh, is that, it, that they are trying to evoke um, North American cuisine, I think they describe it on their website. So... Uh, if, if it gets to the point where shifts in the cultural zeitgeist make the use of, of, uh, 
Native American Indians uh, as inappropriate, then they should find another way of expressing the same issue. So there must be many ways of demonstrating um, American cuisine, if that is not a tautology. I mean, uh, what do you call it? Um, <laughs> Just inaccurate. Inaccurate, yes. So, um, you know, I wouldn't expect them to abandon it straight away, but they may embark on a longish-term evolution to take the brand from where it is now to where it might be less vulnerable. But the critical thing is it's not the device, it's not the iconography, it's the message behind that that counts. And when that has to change, so must the iconography. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Spur does it. She was a little taken aback, the new chief executive, by my uh, questioning the iconography and saying, hold on a second, is it appropriate? And she was like, oh, and I think they're thinking about it, uh, but I think there's a, they have a lot, they have a long way to go um, in challenging it. And it was just so interesting um, to see the, uh, the fact that Jeep Cherokee, um, the company that owns Jeep, is saying, well, you know what, they're probably going to abandon using the Cherokee name uh, because the Cherokee people in North America are terribly offended by the fact that um, it is being used for commercial gain and I guess they're not getting uh, you know any royalties and dear do you really want a car named after you Maybe some people might want to but the, the Cherokee people don't seem all that keen on it Burger King's found itself in a bit of a stick um, they tweet somebody tweeted on the Burger King account um, that what was the line exactly women belong in the kitchen um, which, if you're trying to be funny, it's quite a high-risk joke. Well, risk is, is uh, an appropriate word, Bruce, because a risk is the, at the heart of good creative thinking. And if you're not prepared to take a risk, you will end up with bland stuff. Um, so what Burger King uh, were actually trying to do, so one has the advantage of a bit of hindsight, but they were they were launching a scholarship scheme to help pay for more women to go through uh, restaurants, schools and colleges um, in order to redress the imbalance of uh, gender in most uh, top-end restaurant kitchens. So the, the motive was absolutely um, uh, appropriate and, and, and laudable, but they chose a tactic that's, that's frequently used in advertising, which is to say the exact opposite of what, you, uh, what you're expected to say so that people will then be drawn in the critical thing is that, is that people must engage in advertising. And if you, you, advertising must shock, it must surprise, it must delight, it must cause people to weep, it must scare people, it must <laughs> do all of those things. And it, what it mustn't do is sit there saying, here's an ad, look at me. I mean, it really is uh, a, a case of, of I think, um, an excessively uh, literal response to a tweet which was designed frankly, to, to stir up controversy. But when they discovered it, it did just that. They, they, they ran scared back to the safety of blandness. And, and that is, I mean, you've really got to decide, if you're going to be courageous, that you're going to push it and you're going to utilise whatever noise comes your way. And if you've judged it properly, you can come out on top. You get it wrong, however, yeah. and it, I think it gets, uh, it can break you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit sad, I think, that a brand uh, like Burger King, which has a global reputation for creativity, and has, we've spoken about them a number of times on this show and given them hero status for some of the work they've done on an international basis. But Burger King South Africa seems to be particularly timid and uh, produce stuff that is really just like um, electronic leaflets. So it's, um, I think that this will unfortunately have the effect of entrenching that cautious approach because they'll say, look what happens when you take 
take a risk. Yeah. But I think you have to keep taking risk. And if you don't take risk, um, in fact, the only real risk is to take no risk at all. And that's not original. And then on to heroes and zeros. Um, I love the ad you sent me. Unfortunately, it's very visual, so you're going to have to describe it in all of its glorious detail. Uh, but your hero this week goes to Omo. I would have thought you would detest these Omo ads that are so stereotypical and are based on a formula that feels 300 years old, except this one isn't. Look, it's a question of being based on an insight. I worked on the OMO campaign for many years when I was at Ogilvy, and uh, it was always seen as a bit of a poison chalice. And um, But I've, I found it really um, gratifying because it, it, it was a, a brand that really explored people's emotional connections with their lives and how you can tap into that connection. And what um, OMO has done now, it's, a, it's not brand new, it's a, it's a campaign that I think was created in Kenya a couple of years ago. But it features a, a father and son, young son, getting completely filthy in the garden, doing all the things that young kids do. And the father suddenly realizing that he has got very little time left to get the house looking spick and span and the child looking spick and span for um, his anniversary surprise. He's prepared for his wife, who's on her way right now. And uh, uh, he's only able to, to clean up all the mess uh, and clean up the child by using a fast-acting, super-efficient um, product like Omo, so that in, in the 20 minutes remaining, everybody is, is, is happy. I think Unilever uh, are perhaps running it again uh, on air at the moment because they're still a bit sensitive about the, the, the hoo-ha that was caused, uh, rightly, I think, by Tracer May and Dove campaigns recently, where sometimes... They have taken a risk in an area where perhaps it would be wise not to take risk for once. Um, but in this particular case, the, the proposition is not entirely new. Um, it's effectively saying what Skip used to say, another Unilever brand, um, we do laundry, you do life. In other words, the efficiency and the, and, and, and the speed of the product's performance allows you to devote more of your time to things you really want to do rather than the sheets. Um, so, uh, but the, what is different is it's a male lead um, in this in this new um, or newish Omo ad. It's the father faced with the problem, solving the problem thanks to the support of Omo, rather than the gender stereotypical uh, position of the woman in the kitchen. So, or in the, the scullery in this case, I suppose. So, in in many ways, it's very similar issues raised as the Burger King uh, ad from the UK did. Is it not the same stereotype, just dressed up differently? Well, yeah, you could you could say that, but I think that what Unilever would say is that we've we've done the research and uh, it, it revealed that men were already sharing laundry duties and had no problem doing so. And and on the basis of that insight, it made sense to Omo and Unilever to run a television commercial that shows men handling the laundry for the family, reflecting changes already happening in society. That's an important line, reflecting changes already happening in society, because advertising has always has the choice of either being a leader or a follower. It can either set the tone and, and appeal to the uh, innovative uh, minority, or it can take the easy route and sit in the, in, in the centre and, uh, and paddle along with the rest of the, of the fleet. We can't let you go without a zero. So give me a zero, please, Andy. I will do just that. Um, my zero is uh, Lotto Star. Let's jump straight to the revelation. Uh, they've been running a lot of television campaigns, mainly about their particular 
gambling products, but that, there was one that was on just a couple of nights ago. It might even have been during that uh, uh, Harry and Meghan interview, which of course I didn't watch. Um, but I did somehow see a campaign that had appeared in it. Um, anyway, uh, this was a corporate ad from Lotto Star, if you like, um, extolling their virtues and all the people they employ and all the good they've done. Um, but you remember, Bruce, when you first started getting into public speaking, I'm quite sure that you were told the golden rule is never put up a slide full of text and then read it verbatim uh, back to the audience. They, they <laughs> rule number one. Happily. Rule, rule number, number one. one. So, in effect, this is what, what um, Lotto Star have done because the campaign consists entirely of, of a series of captions coming up on screen and a voiceover reading verbatim exactly what the captions oh. say. So that old thing about I'm now I'm wasting half of my advertising, I just don't know which half from Lord Lieberhum, that actually uh, is, is not applicable in this case because he's losing 100% of it as far as I'm concerned. On top of which there is a spelling error in the... <gasps> So um, uh, for, for a complete lack of creative... Um, uh, Anything. And, and uh, uh, breaking rule number one of, of, of public communication, I'm giving Lotto Star, who may not be the only one guilty of this, but I'm afraid they're going to have to carry the flag for the others. Um, they, they carry the, the flag for um, simply being totally uncreative in reading every, every last syllable, every last letter uh, that the... Uh, the voice speaks uh, that the captions cover in the Lotto Star television campaign. Andy Rice, thank you very much indeed. Andy Rice is our branding and marketing guru, and he brings us Heroes and Zeros every Tuesday evening at just after Eyewitness News at 7.